know about you, but I actually found it quite hard to put into words what God did last weekend in my life because it was everything I've been waiting for, really. And um, But there was this joy, this kind of, that kind of bubbled inside. Somebody said to me on Tuesday, are you tired? And I thought, do you know what? I'm not tired at all. I'm just on this little wave, little, I don't know what God's going to do, of, of excitement. And maybe that's what you're like, that something's bubbling. Um, but I have to say, <clears throat> never in my wildest dreams did I expect to see my husband do a stage dive. <laughs> and I've I have had great pleasure showing so many people that, that clip this week, including our hairdresser. <laughs> because church is exciting. It's an exciting place to be. And, um, you know, somebody did put a, um, a comment on saying, uh, almost um, dissing what happened and, and going, you know, I think you're out of the flow, guys. And I deleted it. Because I thought, you know, they're not here. They're not here. And they're making a judgment call, actually. And we need to be careful about that ourselves. When we see things or hear things and we're not there, that we don't make a judgment call. But, you know, there was something amazing and releasing that night yeah. that was going on. I know in our life, particularly. And it was just very prophetic, I think, what Alan did. And the youth were amazing. Catching, and the men who jumped in, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was great. But I've been looking over Song of Solomon, this word that Alan started uh, at the beginning of the sermon that um, Jared brought out. And he brought it out first on the, um, I think it was Saturday morning, and then he, he brought it out again in the, in the evening because it was almost like, I don't think you're hearing church. I don't think you're hearing what the word is. And sometimes that happens. There is a, a repeat. You know, if you read, especially in the King James Version, where it says, verily, verily, I say unto you. You know, when it's important, it, there's repetition. And God repeats things because he wants you to get it right here in your heart. Not just here, but he wants you to really grab hold of this word. And um, so I've been looking at, at this word a little bit. There's two parts to today's sermon. This is the first part. Um, and, and I like to look back at the, 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 the Hebrew, and I like to see what do these words actually mean. Because in the translations, people have taken words, haven't they? And they've translated it in a particular way. And I like to go back to what the original is to see, because it helps you grab hold of the word as well, in a deeper way, and gives you deeper meaning. Uh, and so it might sound a bit funny, bits that I'm going to say, but to me it was really exciting. You know, when it says the winter is... I'm just going to read you the bit, sorry, from Song, Song of Solomon 2 first. Verse 11, it says, See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come, the cooing of doves is heard in our land, the fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. 
So when it talks about the winter is past, that's actually the dark season is over. The dark season is over. Darkness has gone. You know, we, we have crossed over into the, the light, the kingdom of God, but, you know, the enemy likes to oppress us. He likes to bring us down. He likes to, you know, have a go at us, really, doesn't he? <clears throat> and sometimes we feel we're in, is this ever going to end? And I know, personally, for us, in, in the situation that we've been in as a church and the difficult time that we have gone through, there were times when we would go, is this ever going to come to an end? What are we doing? Is this ever going to come to an end? And what was exciting is this word says, the dark season is past. And actually, when it says the word past, it means you've crossed over. We've crossed over. So it's not just the winter is gone and we're floating into the spring. It's the dark season, that's it, it's gone. We've now crossed over into something new. And the rain, where it says here, it talks about the rains are over and gone. Actually, that's the violent rains. The violent rains that batter and batter and batter, they're gone. And it says... It says they're over and gone, but actually, there it's talking about a sliding away. And you know when something slides away, it goes quickly. Have you ever been to one of those water parks where you climb up and you're on these really high slides and you, it's a vertical drop down? Alan's done that as well. <laughs> Quite adventurous, my husband, really. <laughs> it was, yeah. But you, don't, you can't feel the back, can you? But you start at the top and woof, before you know it, you're down the bottom. And that's what it's talking about here. It's, it's hastened away. It's being carried away. So it's gone. He's taken it away. The dark season, it's gone. He's taken it away. Yeah. And when it talks about flowers appear on the earth, it's talking about brilliant, blossoming flowers. Think of the most beautiful flowers you can think of, the gorgeous arrays of color. That's what's appeared. But appeared, when it talks about appeared, it's talking about being seen, being perceived, being understood. So it's not just that you're seeing something beautiful, but you're understanding it. And that's what God is doing. He's bringing us into a new season where we're going to understand the things that he's doing. Okay? It's not just going to be, oh, that looks good, but we're going to understand and we're going to move in the new things of God. When it talks about um, the season of singing has come, the cooing of doves is heard in our land, the season of singing, that's talking about praise, but it's a praise that we can touch. It's a praise that is, um, this is the bit I can't really explain very well, but it, it's a praise that you can touch. It's not just out there. It's something exciting that has grabbed hold of us. And it's an audible sound. It's an audible sound that we hear. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. And this is, in some versions, it talks about the turtle. It's talking about turtle doves. But actually, it also talks about um, a guide, speaks of a guide. So here if you, let's just look at it again. 
I've written it, paraphrased it here, and the audible sound of the guide is discerned in our land. Who's our guide? It's God, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is our guide. He guides us and leads us. He's in us, and every day he guides us. And I love it. The audible sound of the guide is discerned in our land. You know, we discern what God is doing. This is the new season that we're in. And the fig tree ripens her fruit and the vines spread their fragrance. That's exactly what it says. So basically, the fig tree, all its fruit, suddenly ripens. Okay? So the fig tree that had its green, unripened fruit, it's suddenly ripe. So what we should be expecting is what's going on in our life to suddenly ripen for ministry, for release, to see that healing, to see things in the workplace, in the home. That's what our expectation should be. And the vines spread their fragrance. There is that beautiful aroma of Christ. So actually, for me, this is a a very powerful scripture, isn't it? Very powerful. And... um, I don't know about you, but uh, um, those of you who are here on, on the, at the end of the Saturday morning, we just had a time of receiving from God. And I was sitting where I usually sit, and I had Alan on one side, who was laughing his head off, and I had Matthew Tapasora on the other side, who was laughing his head off, because I just got hit by joy. And I was standing there going, well, I don't feel like laughing at all. And I I had to actually um, uh, zone them out, actually, so I could concentrate on God. But the minute I did that and I zoned them out, and I was like, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing in these guys, but just do whatever you need to do in me. And I just felt that God just wanted to overwhelm me with his peace. And that's what I did. So in the middle of these two laughing their heads off, I stood there and I just received this overwhelming measure of peace in my life. And the reason I share that is because I don't want anybody here to think that you missed it because you weren't rolling around on the floor laughing. Because that's the danger with um, something that's happened, like, like we've had happen like we're going to see more and more happen, is that we think, if I don't have the shakes, or if I don't laugh, or if I don't go over, that I've missed it. No, please don't ever, ever think like that. God knows what he needs to do in each one of you individually, and he will do what he needs to do when he needs to do it. And, you know, and he's respectful of you as well, you know. I mean, I have to say, I was looking at a couple of pregnant ladies, Lauren particularly, when you're getting prayed for, I saw you go, and I was like, oh my word. (laughs) But, you know, God looks after you when things like that happen. You know, so God knows what each one of us need. And I just want to say that you didn't miss God. And it was really important, you know, Alan was sharing uh, a minute ago, please, please don't think that you miss God. The worship was amazing, and it really, you know, it helps to flow. 
But the worship's not just the band, the worship is you. And it's the expectant hearts that we came with. And there was so much expectation in this place that God, God is able to move. And that's that every time we come together, we need to come with that expectation that God is going to do amazing things in our lives. Because we're here, there's power in unity. But there should be an expectation as well in our life groups, in your workplace, that God is con- to continue to speak to you. You know, practicing those things that were talked about. And if you weren't able to be here and you missed any of the messages, you can get them on podcast. You can buy the, the box set. You just need to speak to Scott and, and he'll take any orders. Um, but please don't miss out on what happened and what was said. I think it was very, um, it was particularly Saturday morning, talking about honour. Um, but honouring the anointing, really, is on each other's life and how important that is in maintaining the move of God. And I'd really encourage you to particularly listen to that message. So as I was praying this morning and just going, okay, Lord, um, where do you want to go? What, what do you want to do? Because I'm going to be really honest with you. I've had very, very, I've actually had quite a busy week. We've got lots to get organized and sorted. Alan and I are vision planning this week. Um, so we're, we're actually not going to be in the office and we're seeking God about next year. Um, and then we're, we're getting ready to go to India. And so I, I was feeling, right, I want to clear the deck. So I'm handing stuff to loads of different people. And I thought, well, I'm just going to get up this morning and go, Lord, what do you want to say? And um, so this is the word that I believe, God, it's interesting, the word that Pastor Sheila had, because I think it fits uh, very well with, with what I've got here. But God was speaking to me about the parable of the persistent widow. So I'd like you to turn to Luke 18. I think one of, the, one of the dangers, isn't it, of uh, a powerful weekend like weekend is we sit back and we go, oh, that was great. Right, let's have a rest and let's, let's, let's next encounter. But actually, God wants to do so much more before. This church is in a different place today. We are in a different place. And I, I don't know about you, but I've just, I've just, I've not wanted to lose anything. And Alan and I have been really careful what we've watched on TV. It's like we sit there and we go, no, let's not turn it on. Haven't we? And, and yeah, and, we've, and then when we have turned it on, we've gone, we've, we've watched kind of quite sedate things, haven't we? Like, who do you think? Who do you think you are? And yeah, football. But you know, it's kind of I don't want to watch anything that's going to 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 take away or detract from what God is doing. Anyway, are you there now? Luke 18. So, starting at verse one, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. 
For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So we're just going to unpack this a little bit. So let's just start at the very beginning, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So always pray. What does always pray mean? I think sometimes we think that means we've got to walk around praying in the spirit the whole time. And that we shouldn't not do it. We should constantly, constantly, constantly be praying. But actually what it means is continual prayer again and again. So you're praying for something again and again. So if we look at um, a couple of other scriptures, 1 Thessalonians 1.3, you don't have to turn there, you can just write them down. It talks about endurance, that there is a spiritual endurance in our lives. And then, um, as I put it out, oh, awesome. We continue to remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith and la your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord. So that word endurance, it's the same, it's continual. And in five, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it just says, pray continually. It's praying, to pray without ceasing is to pray continually, to pray for what you're asking God for over and over and over again. See, again, one of the dangers in our faith ministry, in a faith church, is we go, you pray once, that's it, God's given it, sit down, wait to receive. Which is great, but actually we've then got to put it alongside scriptures like this, where Jesus says, keep on praying, keep on praying, keep asking, keep holding on. And that's what he's talking about here. It's to pray repeatedly, time and again. See, maybe some of you didn't receive your healing when you were prayed for and you're going, why haven't I received my healing? Pray again. Pray again. And pray again. Well, let's, we'll just keep going here with this, this uh, scripture. Then it says, they should always pray and not give up. But what does it mean to give up? Well, when you give up, you lose motivation. You know, you're not motivated anymore. You lose enthusiasm, or you might become discouraged. But the word here is don't give up. Don't give up. Because your Heavenly Father wants to answer you. So don't give up. Keep on praying. So verse 2, he said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. So let's look at this judge for a minute. This judge, he did not respect the special needs of this woman. She was a widow. She was a widow in the land. But this judge was also a man-pleaser. 
He was more concerned about what others thought. He's called unjust. Well, if you're unjust and he's a judge, he must be taking bribes. And maybe, you don't know because this is a story, a parable, but maybe he's taking bribes from the person who um, is opposed to the widow. We don't know. But that's just a, let's just go with that story a little bit. But if he's unjust, then he's doing things that aren't right. Let's look at the widow. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Now, the, the thing is about widows in this time is that normally when her husband would die, she doesn't get the estate. It, referred, it, reverts, sorry, it reverts to the next male relative. So if she's an older person and she's got children, her children will look after her. They'll take her into the home and they would look after her. But say she's a widow with young children, suddenly she's on her own because any of her, any of her husband's estate goes back to his male relatives. So suddenly she's without anything. Really, people should care if you take the whole Bible. So here's her dilemma. So they will know this when they're having the receiving the parable, when they're listening, because they'll understand the own time, their times, won't they? What's going on in their situation? But when she says, "Grant me justice against my adversary," that word is actually "avenge me." Avenge me. It's not just justice; it's avenge me. And. Sometimes I think we get this, well I do, sometimes I get this confused with the story where the woman comes at night and she um, is asking for bread. Do you know that parable? Okay. This parable, this is in daylight. This is at the courthouse. What she's doing, what she is doing is that all the time she is going in broad daylight to the courthouse when this judge is sitting in front of everybody, saying, give me justice, avenge me. Give me justice, avenge me. It's publicly, so everybody can hear. This is not something that's just done in secret. This is in the open. And we shouldn't be afraid to, in public, go, I need healing. You know, some people say, well, I've, I've, I've been up once in a prayer line once. You can come again. You can come three or four or five times. You can keep coming. Because the question is, are you persevering? You know, sometimes, you know, like we can receive a little bit of healing, but we want more healing. I know we're referring to healing, but it's lots of other things that we want to see yeah. results in. Yeah. But it's in public here. She was vocal. And after a while, this guy's probably thinking, oh, my goodness. What are people going to think of me? Because he's more concerned about himself, actually. What, what are people thinking? You know, this woman, she keeps pestering me. She keeps bothering me. Verse 4, for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. This weak widow 
is starting to affect this powerful judge because she keeps coming and she keeps asking in front of everybody, publicly, you know, like, oh, there's that woman in the court again. I know she's going to stand up. She's going to say something. You know, when that word, wear me out, that's to bring into submission when it says, wear me out. And basically, it got to the point where the judge decided to grant her what she was due. So let's go on to verse 6. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Okay, so let's go back, because we're told to listen to what the unjust judge says. He says, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Let's go to verse 7. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? How much more will our just God? Because we don't serve an unjust God, do we? We serve a just God. But how much more will our just God answer and give us justice if we keep on asking? And it says in verse 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And that's to do with keep on praying. You know, we stop praying when we stop believing. You know, let's just put it into terms of of, um, parents and children. You know, my child will come and ask me for something the whole time they know that I'm going to give them. So they'll come and ask, "Can can I have a couple of quid? Can I have some food? Can I have this? And they'll keep coming because they know I'm going to give. But what if I say no? Eventually, they'll stop coming and asking because they keep thinking that the person is not going to give them. They don't believe anymore. They don't believe that the mum or dad is going to give them food anymore. So they stop asking. But this is the situation that for us, do we believe? Do we believe that God is healer? Do we believe that God is provider? Do we believe that, that he's our our source of strength? Do we believe that he is the reliant one? Are we going to keep on asking? Do we believe that he is our just God and he's going to give us justice? Do we believe that he's going to help us with our exams, with our interviews? Do we believe he's going to give us a job? Do we meet his, our needs? The answer is yes, we do. So if we do, we keep on praying. We keep on pressing in. We keep on asking because we know he is an amazing God. We don't serve a fair God. We serve a just God. That's really important to remember that. Um, Fairness is an enemy of justice. When I was growing up, well, there was three of us, three children in our house. And, you know, if you have two children, it's easy. You cut something in half. But when there's three of you, you try and cut something in three, it's a little bit harder. 
But I always wanted everything to be fair. I wanted to make sure I had exactly the same as the other two in everything. It didn't matter what it was. And when we got married, Alan's actually very competitive. I'm not. Well, some people think I am. But, um, but I, it's more about taking part than winning for me. <laughs> winning. <laughs> but but uh, I like... But it was, it was a clash. We clashed, actually. Yeah. Because, you know, I wanted everything to be fair. So when we shared something and Alan ate a bit more than me, I was like, hold on a minute, that's mine. Why have you eaten my bit? And he was like, oh, you're too slow. You snooze, you... What is it? You snooze, you lose. <laughs> Some secrets of our marriage coming out. Actually, I said, when we first got married, Al, you know when you buy big chocolate bars and you break them in half and half is his and half is mine? Well, he used to race through his first half and I thought, if I don't race through mine, I'm not going to, to get it. He's going to eat it. And I actually started to hide my half of the chocolate. <laughs> because I thought if I don't get it out of his way, I won't have it. But you see, that's how fairness is, is got in my life. But you know, God is not a fair God. He doesn't go, okay, I'm going to give you this, and you exactly the same, and you exactly the same, and you exactly the same. Because no, God goes, okay, you need this. This is for you. Yeah. You need that. That's for you. Yeah. Okay, you need this portion, that's for you. Yeah. You, know, you need whatever, that's for you. Yeah, that's right. And he knows exactly what you need, and that's what he will give you. And that's why he's a just God, not a fair God. Because if I'm supposed to have more of something, that, and Alan's only supposed to have a little of it, I want that more, not just a little. But God knows. Really, that's the word. Yeah. The word is about being persistent. And I want to say, you know, maybe you're like, last weekend you were here the whole time and you, you're going, well, I never went over. Or I didn't shake. Or I didn't laugh. Or, or something didn't happen. Maybe you weren't here and you're going, I missed it. My word to you is, no, you haven't. You haven't. Because we are in a new season. We are in a new time. And the old has gone, and there is an overflow in this place. And this overflow is going to keep on flowing. And I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to keep on pressing forward. Because now the floodgates are open. They're going to stay open. And that's what I'm declaring, and that's what I am speaking. And my expectation is that we're going to see people get healed today. My expectation is that in those of you who are asking for provision, this week God's going to provide miraculously yeah. for yeah. you. Yeah. If you need wisdom, if you need a word from the Lord, that word is there for you. You know, God has called us together as a family, and we need to work together as a family. I think one of the really exciting, exciting things about um, the conference is although, although, you know, when, when Jared was here, we were kind of, people were flying all over the place. Um, on the Sunday and Sunday evening, those of you who were here, we, we prayed for those who needed healing, but we didn't have a line up here. Everybody got to pray with somebody together. 
and to pray with them because God has anointed your hands to heal. But look at your hand, okay? God has anointed your hand to heal, to lay hands on the sick and to see them healed, okay? But maybe there's other people because this story about the unjust judge, it's about justice. And maybe there are people here with situations in your life where you feel that you actually need the just God to step in. You need something because of a situation in your life where, I don't know, where, where something's maybe not quite right, not in order. And you don't have to give all the details to the people praying for you. Just say to them, I need, I need my just God to work for me. Okay, that's all you need to say in that situation. But we're going to keep on asking and we're going to keep on receiving and we're going to keep on praying, you know, because God is an awesome God. So if you are sick, if you need healing, raise your hands. But if you're also going, God, I need the just God to step in today in a situation. I thank you, Lord, that you're a just God. You are a just God who steps in. We speak favour. We speak favour in those situations where justice is required. And we speak favour in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. The point is that we keep on. We keep on. You know, you know God's touched your life. You can fill a thank you card in at the back as well. And let us know what God is doing, because it's good to encourage one another. It builds one another up. But I just want you now, as you stand there, just to close your eyes and just to lift your hands up like you're receiving a present. If you've never done that before, just hold your hands out to the Lord. You know, the, the Song of Solomon 2 that we were reading, just keep your eyes closed and just focus on him. But keep your head up. Don't put your head down. Keep your head up. It says, The brilliant blossoming flowers appear and are seen. They're perceived on the earth. And I just pray now for every person here for a fresh revelation, a fresh perception, and a fresh understanding of what you are doing in this place at this time fresh ability to see with your eyes, to see the beauty and the magnificence. And I thank you, Lord, for that audible sound of the Spirit that's discerned in our land. That means we hear. We hear the voice of the Lord. And I just pray for every one of us that we will hear, we will discern your voice clearly on a daily basis, that we will hear and respond to you because we recognize and we know your voice. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you for that newness that you are doing in this place. Father, help us to be aware of your spirit, whether we're at home, whether we're at work, whether we're in the playground, picking up our children, 
whether we're at school or college, that we will be so aware of your voice guiding us, leading us, and prompting us. I thank you, Father, that we've crossed over. This is a new season. We've crossed over. The, the dark has gone away, it's slidden away. And there's joy and beauty and praise and singing. We just lift our voices to you, Lord, and we declare you are amazing. You are amazing, Lord. Yeah, Father, I pray for everybody here. I just pray as they spend time with you. It won't be a long, it won't be that, can I hear God, can't I? No, it'll be a quick, be a quick, be a quick. I can hear you, Lord. There'll be a quickness to our time with him. This is a time to move. This is a time that things are going to happen. This is a time, you know, the, the fig, fig tree, the figs, they're suddenly coming into fruit. Yes. It's not a time to take ages meandering around. It's a time for the fruit to be seen. It's a time, you know, when God speaks to you, it's a time to respond. It's a time to go, yes. It's not a time to hold back. And I pray that. I pray that boldness. That when God speaks to us, we go, yes, yes, yes. And we run. And I thank you for that ease. Thank you for that ease that was spoken I just thank you for that ease, that continual ease in what you are doing here. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you. you know, some of you may remember when, I can't remember his name, when he was here three years ago, he talked about a move of God that was sustainable. Okay? Well, I've, that's what I've been saying over the last three years since he's been here. The move of God will be sustainable. That we won't get weary and it will fade out. It's sustainable. When they were praying for Richard and Judith and Alan and I, one of the words they said that we couldn't hear, they said the pruning is over. And you know, who knows that you take a, you take, you even take a healthy branch and you prune it down so that it's even more fruitful. You know? And maybe you look around and you go, well, there's people here, that things have changed. But this word was, the pruning is over. And it's now time for growth. Yeah. In, in lots of areas, not just talking numbers, I'm, just, I'm talking as well in ministry and, and what God's gonna, how God's going to use you guys. I love the fact that we're equippers you're the ministers. I love that. Because this is my family. The pruning is over. This is my family. This is who God has put me with. This is who God has, has, has put me beside. This is my family. 